So we are officially in fall right now. And I feel like fall is like Christmas for every basic white girl in the world, right? Does anyone, any girls here have Uggs on tonight officially? Um, yes, yeah, a couple, we got a couple, Dan. Okay, great. Um, so there was a Snapchat filter yesterday that was like, it's Ugg season, it's here. Pumpkin spice, everything. Every, I saw pumpkin spice spaghetti. I don't know how that is a thing, but that is disgusting. Like, don't get me wrong. I love a good pumpkin spice latte, but like there's lines that get crossed. And I feel like every girl, I don't know why this is, they love pumpkin picking. They're, if you're in a relationship, you're like, we need to go apple and pumpkin picking. And Jess always tries to get me to go apple and pumpkin picking every fall. And uh, last year I finally caved and we couldn't go on a Saturday for some reason. So we had to go on Sunday. And I believe that Sunday was made for two things. It was made for church and football. Can I get an amen from their brothers in the room? Okay, good. That's what I like to hear. So I I love that. I'm all about football. I don't want to do anything else on a Sunday. But you got me there, and I'm checking the scores and whatnot. And uh, we end up having a pretty good time. We want some friends. But uh, after the day, we got this fire photo. And this is probably the best thing about it, because I was looking at this later on, and I was like... Your boy got model status in this photo. Like, and I'm trying to figure out what it is. Like, what is so great about it? And you know what it is? It's the neck. It's all about the neck gains. Like, that is so solid right there. That makes the photo. So I go to post that on the gram, and uh, I'm writing a caption on it. And uh, I, I ended up writing really something stupid because I was just so taken back by my beauty in this that I wrote pumpkin picking with Bay, And uh, that just brought out all the trolls on Instagram. They, they just came out of everywhere. They're like, oh, sweet pumpkins in the photo, Joey. Those look really good. Lily's mom even got involved. And she was like, oh, those are great pumpkins, Joey. Like everyone broke out for that. So, you know. I love fall too. I'm starting to get into the spirit a little bit. You can take that photo now so everyone's not distracted for the rest of the message, taking screenshots of my photo. Um, But we're going to be talking about the harvest right now, and that's the season that we're in. And this verse is going to set us up for it. It's going to be in Matthew chapter 9, verse 37, and it says this. Then he said to the disciples, the harvest is plentiful, but the laborers are few. Jesus was, just to give you guys a little bit of context, context, he was talking to some people. And there was crowds everywhere. And his heart began to get filled with compassion because he saw all the needs out in the audience. And he said, man, these people are like sheep without a shepherd. They're so lost. They're so hurting. And he was going around doing all these amazing things. And so he says this to the people that are right there. And I want to let you guys know tonight that there is a great harvest that is waiting for you and I. And one of my biggest fears is that we'll miss it for a couple of different reasons. See, there are people in this world who need you so badly that are hurting so deeply inside. And see, from the outside, it looks like they got it all going on. It looks like their life is totally fine. But on the inside, they are hurting so badly tonight. And Jesus wants you guys to do something about it. See, we're a little bit scared of getting our hands dirty. Of maybe being those people who go out into the harvest and bring in that great crop that Jesus wants to give us, to gather that together, because it's waiting for you guys. There's a couple of things that keep us from reaching these people. And, you know, maybe you're sitting here going, yeah, Joey, th- this is great, but I'm hurting tonight. I got things going on. We're going to address that in just a moment. But God wants to use you. And this is important tonight because this is so important to Jesus. 
Jesus is all about the lost and hurting people. And I think maybe we've lost connect with this a little bit as Christians. And we need to get back on this now. And I hope that my challenge tonight sinks in for some of you guys. And so a couple of reasons, really three, I think that keep us back from seeing us go after these people that are so hurting and lost. The first thing is we're just so caught up in our own lives tonight. I get it. You guys got things going on. You got your own drama to deal with. You got your own issues. But you know a way that you could break free from, from, from some of that stuff is by helping someone else. Maybe if you would take your eyes off yourself a little bit, some of those things that you've been struggling with so badly would start to lose their power in your life. And I get it. Your schedule is really busy. You got so many different things going on. You don't have time to talk to that person in school. But guys, we got to get past this. We got to look beyond ourselves. We have to train ourselves to see these needs and get our eyes off of ourselves. Jesus never intended us just to live for ourselves. In fact, he always wanted us to live for others. The second one is this, is that some of us are waiting till we have it all together. You know, once I get all of my issues in place, once I deal with this habit that I'm struggling with right now, then I will start reaching other people. But while you're waiting to get yourself together, this world is dying. And if all of us keep waiting, there's going to be no one to help them. We talked about this last week. We're in process, a lot of us. We're working out some things. God doesn't want you to wait till you have it all together to tell someone else or talk to someone else or invite someone else about Jesus. He wants you to do it right as you are tonight. Stop with all the different excuses on why you can't talk to someone or you just think that you're too big of a mess. No, get your process going. Work this out and start talking to some other people. Stop using your life as an excuse. The third one is that we're just scared to death. We're so scared that people will judge us. We're so scared that people will think we're weird. We're scared about how they're gonna react when we share this. Guys, breaks my heart because we're scared to share about the Jesus who has done so much for us. I know I've been there, who has saved me, a wretch like me, and sometimes I have a hard time bringing his name up. Man, something is wrong with that picture when we are scared to talk about Jesus. We need to get beyond that. I think if we would just be a little brave and we would talk to people, what we think in our head about how it's gonna happen would look so different than how it would happen in real life. I think people are thirsty, guys. People want something that's real. They've tried it all. They've gone to the parties. They've tried the drugs. They've done it all. And it all leaves them empty. And they are so desperate to find something that's real. And maybe I didn't say your issue tonight, but you know what it is that keeps you from talking to your family about this. You know what keeps you from talking to your friends at school about this stuff. Whatever it is, we gotta get rid of that tonight, guys. We need to do this because Jesus is so passionate about it and he wants us as followers to really live this out. About a year ago, I did a message called You Before I. I said that this is kind of the new rule. You know how in spelling it's, I before E except after C. You know, though this is our new rule. It's you before I. We need to start thinking about others before ourselves. Because if we did that, if we didn't really live out this you before I, man, we would, our witnessing would look so different, guys. So we need to start putting others before us and remember that rule in our lives. 
It's not easy. I get it. It's going to take some work. It's going to take some labor. A couple years ago, we went to Belize on a missions trip, and we worked so hard every day. And it was so hot. It was ridiculous. And the last day came, and the guy was like, all right, well, here's what we can do. We can either continue working on this house, or if it doesn't rain and the, and the weather is good, we can go hang out, and we're going to go to, like, this um, really cool resort and hang out. Guys, the labor had gotten to me. And that night, I prayed like I had never prayed ever before in my life. I called down rain from heaven, and I woke up, no joke, at 4 a.m., and it was pouring outside. And I said, the Lord hears me. Like, it was real. Like, you can ask anyone. Like, I talked to them about this. I even told Doug, I think, like, I'm calling down rain tonight. It's going to rain because I need a little bit of a break here. The labor was too much. It was, it was weighing on me. And you know what, guys? I, I get it. It's going to be tough, some of this. You're going to be tested. You're going to be put in hard conversations, maybe. It's not always easy. Let's just be real. It's not always easy to invest in someone else. People are messy and they got issues. And you know, maybe it won't just be as easy for you as a single invitation. Maybe you're going to have to invest some time in your life. It might be some labor on the other side of this. But Jesus wants to know tonight that the harvest is plentiful, but who will be a laborer? Who will carry out this wish of his. I know that I want to. And my prayer tonight is that you guys really would tonight. You have such an amazing opportunity. More than ever, we have more public schools in this youth group and than in a really long time. You guys are walking through hallways of kids who have never even heard some of this stuff before. And maybe you've heard it your whole life. What if it was something just as easy as saying, hey, do you want to check out my church sometime? So easy. How easy is that, guys? But you're so scared to do it. And what if that person said, yes, you could change the course of their life forever just by saying, hey, do you want to check out my church sometime? Or maybe you see them in, when they're having a really bad moment and you bring up the name of Jesus and say, I'll be praying for you. Something so small like that. See, you know, in my head, I've, I had this mixed up for so long. I think it needed to be this big moment where I converted everyone in the cafeteria in one moment, where I need to stand up and start preaching. It's the small moments, the moments that we think are insignificant, where Jesus does the most work sometimes. It's that gentle invitation. It's just willing to talk about it in a small way. It can change someone's life forever, guys. And those of you guys that go to private school, the biggest lie the enemy would have you believe tonight is that your friends don't need this. I walked the halls with so many kids who I thought were awesome Christians, who had it all together, but they were hurting so deeply on the inside. I never took the time to really care, or really ask them how they were doing or how they were feeling. You know, you guys are in the middle of it every day. You see some of your friends every single day. What if you took the time to give them that same invitation? The devil would love for some of you guys to believe that you can just pass over it because they've heard it their whole life. But man, they need to find real community in life just as bad as some of the people that are in the world that don't know him. They're just as lost. There are some prodigals out there that need to be brought home, guys. And this really comes down to you. What will you do with this tonight? I'm sure you heard messages about this before. It's gotta be more this time, guys. You gotta let this sink down because I can't let some of the people in my life go without saying something to them. Because I know one day 
they are going to have to stand before an awesome, powerful, righteous God. And they're going to have to look him in the eyes. And I don't want to think that I didn't do enough, that I didn't say something that I should have said because I was scared or I was so caught up in my busy schedule. I've got to do more. Have to start seeing more breakthrough, guys. And so it's really up to you. And if you're not a Christian here tonight and you're hearing all these things, it's no mistake that you're here tonight. Someone really cared about you to invite you and bring you here. And I hope you feel at home. And I want you to know that Jesus loves you so much and he cares about you. And he has put this in his path, in your path for you to be here tonight because he wants you to hear this. So you know how much Jesus loves people that are out and in the world. And so we're gonna be in Matthew chapter five tonight. And we're gonna look at verse 14. This is what it says. You are the light of the world. A city set on a hill cannot be hidden. Guys, this world is so very dark. I don't know if any of you guys watch the news, but just a glimpse on the news lately of what's going on in Carolina right now is an image of how broken our world is. And it is getting darker and darker with every day that passes. And so many of us, me included, we let it get darker and darker and darker. Even though that Jesus has said that we should be the light of the world. See, if you're a Christian tonight, that's what you are. You are the light of the world. We were meant to shine in dark places. But so many Christians struggle with the next verse that we're about to read. And it's gonna sound so ridiculous, but so many of us are so caught up with this issue right here. You know, it says that a city on a hill can't be hidden in this verse. I don't like to stay hidden anymore when we play manhunt here at the green room. Um, I've been playing manhunt here for about 14 years, so I know every hiding spot. And every all-nighter, the kids are like, I just want to play manhunt. I just want to play manhunt. You guys just want to do it so bad. And I'm like, all right, whatever. So now my new goal is not to win or to find the best spot. I just want to scare you so bad that you have an accident. Like, that is my single goal when we play manhunt. Like, I want to grab your leg and make you think about never coming to church again. Um, I don't know why, but that, that, that's what I like about the game now. So I hate being hidden. I, I can't, I don't want to wait around. I don't want to be in a tight spot. I want to let myself be known. Yet so many of us, guys, are hiding right now. Christians are in hiding right now for the reasons that I talked about earlier. And God doesn't want you to stay hidden anymore on where you're at. Let's go to this next verse. Nor do people light a lamp and put it under a basket, but on a stand and give its light to all in the house. And so I got a light here. This is my favorite light. It's upstairs in my office. I really admire it. And um, go ahead, Bill. Why don't you kill those lights? Okay. Yo, let's get that side thing out. Yo, couples, I don't see you, but Jesus sees you right now. That's all I'm going to say. Um, okay. I just looked right in and I just got blind for a second. Okay, I'm back. So this is what it was supposed to be like, guys. Like we were talking about just a moment before, this world is really, really dark. But this light is attracting everyone's eyes in the room right now. You guys are all drawn to this light right now. This is what it was supposed to be like. When so many kids in our school are hurting, 
thinking about suicide, so caught up in depression. We were supposed to be that light that they are drawn to. But here's what so many of us are doing. We're in school and we just don't feel like it. So we just cover it up. We got it all covered up. And Jesus is going, how ridiculous is it if someone did this in their house, right? If they, if they put up this light and they're like, you know what? I'm just gonna put this light here and throw this over it. Like, like who, who needs this, right? That's what some of you guys are doing tonight. And it makes absolutely no sense. You are meant to shine in the dark places so that the people of the world would see this in the dark and run towards it and want what you got. Go ahead, Bill, you can turn that light back on. At our apartment where Jess and I used to live, um, there was this light, whoa, there was this light right by our door, right? And I swear that every bug on Long Island liked to chill there. So every time we would go in, bugs would be flying into the house because it was so dark outside, but the light was right there. One night we were coming home from Green Room and uh, it was late, it was probably about 1 a.m. and there was a bee by the light. And bees don't hang out this time at night. So it was really weird. So me and Jess thought maybe it was dead. It got caught in a spider web or something. So we go up. We go to open up the door and the bee flies in Jess's hair. Now, Jess has got a lot of hair and I'm allergic to bees. So I was like down the street. I was like running to Function's house. I'm like, I'm out. Like, forget this. I ain't going to the hospital at 1 a.m. So now Jess is like trying to knock this bee out of her hair. And we were talking about today. We don't remember if it stung her or not. We think she got it out. But all those bugs are always so drawn to that light. And I'm not trying to compare people to bugs in any way right now in this moment. <laughs> but here's what I know, guys, is that people will be drawn to the light. All the kids of Long Island, if you really choose to shine in those dark places, even though you're so scared about it, because maybe it will bring some attention your way if you start to do this, people will be drawn to it, guys. And it will bring real change if you are willing to stand up and shine the way that Jesus really wants you guys to shine. So stop covering it up. It makes absolutely no sense. This dark world needs you to shine bright. Let's go now to Luke 15. And I think that these verses are connected in a way that I've never seen before. And I hope to show you guys this. Now this is Jesus talking again. And now he's telling some people some parables. And this is what he says. Or what woman having 10 silver coins, if she loses one coin, does not light a lamp and sweep the house and seek diligently until she finds it. All right, so I'm gonna work this out. So Jesus says, there's a woman in her house and she's looking for a coin and she can't see in the dark places. So what does she do? She she lights a lamp. And now I want you to see who Jesus is in this story. He's comparing himself to this woman who has lost the coin. And what does he say that he uses? He uses a lamp. See, I don't understand this completely, but for some reason, God in his infinite wisdom chooses to use us in this great mystery of the greatest miracle when a sinner comes back to Jesus, when someone's eyes are opened up, it is him and him alone that does this, right? It's him that needs to seek them and find them. But he needs our participation in it. He needs a light and he chooses to use us to do this. He could do it on his own, I'm sure, but he has chosen for us to be a part of it. He needs that lamp. And yet 
Some of you guys are over here and you got it covered up and God's going, I want to use you in your school. I want to use you in your family. Stop being so scared to talk about it. Stop running from it. Stop being so busy. I want to find the lost coin. I want to bring it home. Some of you guys need to realize that God wants you to play a part in this. In fact, he's waiting on some of you tonight to start living up to this and playing your role. Let's go to the next verse. Verse nine. And when she found it, she calls together all her friends and neighbors saying, rejoice with me for I have found the coin that I had lost. Just so I tell you, there is joy before the angels of God over one sinner who repents. Last week, I put my ring right on my desk because I don't wear it when I preach because it's too loose and it'll fall off. So I have to be really careful with it. Put it on my desk and I forgot it at the end of the night. And I woke up that morning at like 4 a.m. like going nuts. Like, where's my ring? Where's my ring? Jess is like, don't worry. You said you put it in the office. I'm sure it's there. Go to church on Tuesday and I cannot find my ring. I left it right there on my table. I don't know where it went. So I'm looking everywhere. I'm tearing my office apart on Tuesday. I'm, I'm opening up the couches. I don't know how it would get over there. I'm looking in my bookshelf and I go underneath my desk and it's not there. And I had some boxes um, underneath there and I had some clothes that we used for painting. Ew. And uh, I pulled those out and all the way in the smallest little crack in the corner, my ring had ended up all the way back in there. Now, I have no idea how my ring ended up in that corner. It had ended up in a really dark spot. And some of your friends don't know how they ended up in the dark spot that they're at tonight, guys. But they're trapped really, really deep. And they need someone who will go find them in a dark place and pull them out. And you know what? When I found it, I got it on my finger and I sent a picture to Jess and I, I was going nuts. I was so happy that I had found my ring. Jesus rejoices so much, guys. There is a party in heaven when one sinner when one prodigal comes back. Guys, this is something that is so important to Jesus. I hope I'm showing you this tonight. That This isn't just something where we can go back into our normal lives, where we really need to start digging deep down for this and seeing more people found, seeing more people come to the green room and to your church and wherever it is. And so here's what I want to ask you. Who's one person just one person is really all I'm going to start. We're going to start really small. And here's what I guarantee will happen. This will catch fire. Because why? They're going to be drawn to the light because the world is so dark. What's one person in your life that you know that you need to start talking to about? And maybe it's really, really small. Maybe you just say, hey, there's going to be a concert at my church in two weeks. You should really come and check it out. You know, Anthony and Stephen are going to put a show on, and it's going to be great. We're going to have a fun time. But that is a great hook to get them in the door, guys. Just so they can see that we're not like weird, and we wear robes, and we chant. Like, it'd just be a good way just to get them in the doors so that they, we can see that we're normal people. We're just living different because Jesus has saved us, and we want the same for them. So who's that one person that you can talk to? Don't let this go. I really want you to think about this. Who is that person? You know, I'm starting to see more and more breakthrough. I've prayed for my family so much and, and I see God doing more and more. I see him working more and more, just drawing, you know. We're having more conversations about my job than ever because of the building that's going on. 
and, and the, that we might be moving. And I see the doors opening. And I've prayed and I've prayed for so long, guys. And I've seen breakthrough after breakthrough. And I'm praying that I see even more as I continue to get older. And I'm fighting. And you know what? I need to start getting a little bit bolder. Because now it's out there. Everyone knows where I stand. And now maybe it's just me having a conversation like, hey, you want to check it out sometime? I'd love to have you come. Just little things like that could make the world of a difference for someone, guys. I was listening to a pastor talk to, about this. And um, he was just talking about how when he like, first meets people that aren't saved, he doesn't tell them that he's a pastor because he knows that they'll put up a wall right away. And I've definitely experienced that. If I tell people I'm a pastor, they immediately get weird. They want to tell me their sins. They like, it gets super awkward in the room, right? <laughs> and so this guy was like, yeah, he will be like, I'll tell people that I'm an agent, an agent of the king. Like he'll make up like all these weird things to make it seem okay. And he was in a basketball league with this one guy and this guy was just super messed up, super struggling, really hurting. And they had just built a really close friendship. And he was terrified. This is a pastor of a big, famous church. Like, this guy is the man. Like, a lot of people looked at him. And he was feeling scared to invite this guy. Just this giant guy, awesome basketball player. The guy came up to him one day and said, hey, man, I'm having this huge party for my birthday. There's going to be tons of girls there. There's going to be drugs. It's going to be drinking. It's going to be awesome. There's going to be security. Guys, if they say that there's going to be security at a party, please definitely don't go on top of that. Like, that, you know that party's going to be really bad if they say that they have security on top of it. And so he says, you know what? Thanks for inviting me, man. But that same night that you're having your party, I got this thing going on at church, and I would love for you to come check it out that night. And the guy instantly started to break down and cry. And the pastor was like going nuts in his mind because he never would have thought this about the guy. But he said, you know what? My mom has been praying for me so much that I'd go back to church. I've totally messed up my life in so many ways. And I've been waiting for a moment like this for God to reach out to me and say that he still cared about me. And through your invitation right now, I'm gonna cancel that party. And I'm gonna come to church because I know that's where I need to be because my life is so broken. Pastor had no idea that that would happen. It's these really small moments, guys, that can make a world of difference in someone's life. And so who's that one person for you tonight? Because I know once you do this, God's gonna start working in your heart and you're gonna get hungry to start seeing it more and more. You know, more than ever, I feel like doors are opening up for me I have neighbors now. And you know what? They're really excited that we're moved into the block, right? They're super excited about it. You know what? I'm going to tell them what I do. And I'm going to invite them to church. And you know what? They might think I'm really weird. But you know what? I'm going to put it out there. And I'm going to start sharing this with them. More and more, I want to see stories like this happening. Sunday night, sitting in church. And I'm in the front row. And it's that time where you greet people. And there's this girl sitting right behind me. And I say, hello, how are you? I'm so glad you're in church today. And I know her. And I'm not sure where I know her from. And I'm looking at this girl like, where do I know you? You guys know what I'm talking about? It's like the worst thing. You're trying to figure it out. And I sit down and I go, this girl used to work at Chili's. We used to go to Chili's every Friday night for the longest time. We would hang out there. And in our prayer job that we do every Friday, I remember Doug praying for the girls that worked at Chili's that would be our waitresses. He used to pray, God, let us be a witness to them. Somehow, let them come to church. And you know what? Two of those girls, 
that used to be our waitress all the time, now come to our church. You know, it happened through someone that works there that goes to our church and invited them. But you know, I know those prayers made a difference. And praying is a great place to start. Guys, but my heart jumped when I realized that girl was from Chile's and we prayed those prayers because God is working. He wants to find the lost coins. He's just waiting for the light, for you to play your part in it. Guys, we could change this world. Please, please, I beg you, don't let this slip through your fingers. Really think about that person and invite them next week. If you're too scared to talk about it, just invite them. I'll do it. I'm crazy. I'll talk about Jesus because he's done so much for me. I'll be the person if you need someone to do it. But just invite them. Do something and God will change their lives because the harvest is plentiful, guys. But are there any laborers out there that are willing to work for it? The bottom line, and then we're gonna close in prayer. It's time to stop hiding and let your light push back the darkness that has taken so much of our country. We need to start pushing back because the harvest is plentiful, guys, but the workers are few. And I feel like the tide is about to change for that. Would you pray with me? Jesus, I thank you so much for your goodness, Lord, for your great mercy that is working in us, God. And I know that this is difficult, God. I know that so many kids don't want to be labeled as the weirdo, as the freak that goes to church. But I pray, God, that you would give them boldness, God. Because I know, God, if they choose to shine bright in those dark schools, that you'll draw kids in. That you won't let those words fall on deaf ears. That there will be seeds that are planted that will make a difference. So just help us, God. Give us those opportunities that are so clear to us, God, that are like jumping in front of our faces where we can say something, that it would be ridiculous for us to walk away from it. I pray, Jesus, that we wouldn't hide our light anymore, that this would be the time where we start stepping up to the plate, where we take off the things that have been covering our light, whether it's shame, whether it's guilt, whether it's fear, whether it's busyness, whatever's covering our light tonight, that we would take it off and and we would say enough is enough, that Jesus has done too much for me. It's time to shine bright in the dark places and make a difference in this world. The enemy has done enough and it's time for the Christians to start kicking back and fighting back. Not because we're perfect or because we have it all together, but because you're with us and you enable us to do this. So we need you tonight, Jesus. We are lost without you. Pray God for the role we play in this. That in those moments, give us the words to speak, Jesus. Boldness and life. Let's see this world changed one person at a time. I pray, God, that we would take this one person challenge seriously. I'm gonna take it seriously, God. And I pray that everyone else would too. That we would all find someone that we can start investing into and see their life change and watch it catch like wildfire. We love you because you're a God that saves us, that changes us, that we were once those people that were lost and wretches who had nothing good to offer and you pulled us out of that mess. Thank you so much for that, Jesus. I pray that we would celebrate. I pray that we would worship like people who have been saved. Love you, Lord. In your name we pray. Amen.